We thank you this morning, Lord God, that you are in our midst, that you are Emmanuel. And Father, we, we pray that uh, during this Christmas season especially, uh, the nearness of you would be real for us. We know that's true all the time, but Father, would you help us renew it, reclaim it, re-experience it, that you've come from heaven to earth for each of us, for a whole world that's yet to hear that good news. Help us to experience it and sing it and proclaim it this season, Father, that others might awaken to the shattering reality, the stunning reality that the God that we seek has been seeking us all along. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for revealing to us such a God. And this Christmas we give you praise. And all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. Well, welcome back to the season of Christmas. Wow. It's the 22nd year of Christmas for me at Abiding Harvest Church. The 22nd year. 22 ways to look at Christmas. How shall we do it this year? You could look at a tree. I would take that. That's a good suggestion, actually. This, this year, we're going to look at, we've looked at it in so many ways. This year, we're going to look at it through the perspective of the rodents in the stable. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You thought I would really go there. That's kind of scary. I, I, actually, this year, we're going to try to recapture something that's really familiar to all of us, and that's all these... Christmas carols that we sing, they, they capture the story in such a way that, that we can't, we, we don't just tell it, we sing it. And isn't this that kind of good news? So good, you can't just talk about it, you gotta, you gotta sing it. You gotta find somebody else to sing it with. That's how good the good news of Christmas is. It, it's worth anticipating and expecting all over again to, to kind of recapture it. When, when I was a kid, we, we had closets on each side of the front doors when you came in, and they were cedar closets, <laughs> which didn't mean anything to me. They were like 20 years old, and the cedar had ceased to smell like cedar. And then my mom got a hold of them, and she sanded down all the cedar inside those walls, and I came home one day after school, after that job was finished, and wah, you know, there was cedar. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever had a cedar closet, a real cedar closet? And, and every now and then, we, we have to come back to Christmas and kind of sand off the surface a little bit. <laughs> Breathe in its, its rich aromas all over again. Re-experience it. Let it touch us to the core of, of who we are. Not just talk about it, uh, but sing it. Uh, this, this Sunday, we light the first candle of Advent, and, and even that is an anticipation, isn't it? It's, that candle means expectation. Isn't an expectation good? 
I remember as a kid, did you have one of these calendars where you had the little bell and you put it in each little pocket for each day leading up to Christmas? Anybody else have one of those teasing things on the wall when you were, when you were coming? I'm the only one. Okay. Uh, but, but expectation can be delightful, especially when you're certain that something worthy is coming, isn't it? I mean, I mean even, even humor is that way. What's the difference between Christmas, the Christmas alphabet and the ordinary alphabet? Noel. The Christmas alphabet has Noel. And, and, and there, there you have demonstration of what happens to a punchline when someone else gets... Uh, what do you call an elf that can sing and dance? Elfus. Uh, uh, what did Adam say to his wife the day before Christmas? It's finally Christmas, Eve. Oh, man. I kind of like that one. How, how is Christmas exactly like your job? You do all the work and some fat guy in a suit gets all the credit. How do sheep say Merry Christmas in Mexico? Fleece Navidad. Ah, some are groaners. But anyway, there's kind of a principle to humor is that you don't want the joke to last longer than is worthy of the punchline, you know? And God prophesied for thousands of years before the punchline of Christmas. And we've told it a thousand times. But it's still worth it. Is there a story like it? Is there anything that can give hope to the heart wherever you hurt? Like this story. Like this truth. Like this God. It's Christmas. And God's promises will be fulfilled in each of our lives in a fresh way over these next days up until that day where we celebrate the greatest gift that life or eternity could give us. What a punchline. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, this Jesus took bread gave thanks to you, our Father, and he, he broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and he gave thanks to you, our Father, and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, Take and drink from this, all of you, for this is the cup of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And, and so, Lord God, in remembrance of you, we do these things. We pray that you pour out your Holy Spirit on these gifts of juice and bread. Make them be a, a point of contact for our faith to fully receive all that we can partake of in you. Bless us by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Renew in us this life that you've given us in your Son. Renew in us the fire of the Holy Spirit. 
renew in us, Lord God, the life you died to give. And may we take such joy in it, Father, that others come to find it simply because of our joy. We ask it in the name of your Son, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.